Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. A doctor told Kim if he doesn't stop his drinking, then he gives him about six months. Kim shares his story and the crazy event that stopped his drinking and changed his life forever. My mother was diagnosed with a brain tumour when I was very young, 10 or 11, and she went to a home, and I absolutely hated the name of it, called the Home for Incurables. The, the what? The Home for Incurables. Oh, gee. A lot of my life I didn't have a mother as such because she was ill. She'd had two or three brain surgeries before she went there. And uh, my dad was a very hard man. Yeah, very hard and tough. There were no grey areas. It was either right or it was wrong and you were punished accordingly. Yeah. Can you give us an example of one of those moments? Um, I'm from a family of 10 and this is quite, quite interesting. And we would be, something would go wrong at home and dad would say, whoever did it, they own up, there won't be any punishment. <laughs> so, so we would take it in turns to own up. No way. It didn't matter who had done it. <laughs> we would sort of, the ten of us, we would share the load. And one would, one would own up one time and one would own up the other. And like, if I had something coming up that I was looking really forward to and I'd done something wrong, then one of the brothers and sisters would take the blame so that I wouldn't lose lose the privilege of, you know, going to that birthday party or, or having that special treat. <laughs> and um Wow. And the belt and the strap was often often in play at our house growing up, yeah. How did you transition into adulthood? I left school I left home at fourteen. I got an exemption from school. I was a very skinny guy and I went to uh racing stables. Wow. So from fourteen to um 19, I was an apprentice jockey. Then I realised I was never going to make a living at that, but I was earning about $8 a week. So I joined the Air Force. And after three years, they they discharged me from the Air Force because of of my drinking in the Air Force. Right. My father had me put into Hillcrest, which is a rehab centre, and um, I went for six years on the drive then, and I was quite pleased about that. Yeah. But then I, yeah, I drifted back into it. And sometimes we underplay what Satan can do. And, you know, after six years of being sober, I just started telling myself, oh, they didn't know what they were saying when they said I was an alcoholic. I've been six years without a drink. I can have one or two and it's not going to make any difference. And honestly, it was scary the way I went back to worse than I'd ever been. Really? So quickly, you know. How did it get to the point where you were taking drugs and then... Yeah, I think that was sort of peer pressure as much as anything. In It, it all started in Melbourne. The people I was drinking with we, uh, in St Kilda were all using heroin and smoking pot. And it was easy just to cruise along with them instead of thinking for yourself. And then, then you find you're just relying on it and using it all the time, yeah. And what happened one day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... We were in St Kilda and a mate had a little flat and they thought I was dead and they just walked me. I was drunk and stoned and they just walked me and walked me and walked me. But it was the idea was maybe that had straightened me out, you know, the movement and the and the exercise. But also if, if they thought I was dead and it was going to be tracked back to them, I would be dumped on the beach. That was just common practice. If anyone overdosed, at, at a friend's house, you just got, got them out of the house and St Kilda Beach was just down the road. It was just made sense to leave them there. 
the police would find the body and hopefully wouldn't track it back and no one else would get into trouble, yeah. But you didn't die? No, I didn't. How often did you wake up in places and you didn't know how you got there? Oh, it was a common occurrence. I would wake up and not know what I'd done for the last three or four days. Really? One one time I was drinking in Adelaide and the next thing I was talking to these people in a car. I said, where are we? Because I've got to get to work. And they said, well, in about an hour and a half, we will be in Darwin. <laughs> Darwin? I, I, I somehow latched on to these people that were going to Darwin when I was drunk, because I used to black out when I was drunk. So how did it all change? Look, I, I went this um, day to the pub to figure out what I was going to do about what the doctor had said. And look, I really don't know a lot of this. I, I just believe it was God all the way through. If I was walking home drunk and I saw a park bench or something, I'd just crash. And I think I've gone into the church, and I really don't know. You went into a church? And fallen asleep there. And then I, I woke up, and they're having a church service around me. It, it was quite incredible. And I thought, I won't be rude, but as soon as that bloke up the front stops talking for a minute, I will, um, I'll just quietly walk out, you know, and that'll and get home. And uh, the next thing he spoke, and he... He said, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. Now, I used to get drunk, 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 and I'd always write poetry. I love poetry. And I'd always describe my alcohol and drug abuse as the serpent in me. Right. And when he said the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head, it just floored me. I thought, someone's told him about me. How does he know about me? Yeah. And, and I couldn't have left. I don't think I could have left if I'd wanted to. You know, I had to hear that that message yeah and i walked out and i just thought to myself i don't know what's going on here but i'm just gonna keep coming back and i'm gonna believe that whatever is in the bible is true and just see where that takes me yeah and from that moment on i just had no desire cigarettes alcohol drugs nothing i didn't need any of it anymore from that time wow once i made that commitment just to believe what was in the Bible, whatever. And and I'm thinking to myself, even though it's ridiculous, that story about the ark with all the animals just compliantly walking in, that sounds ridiculous, but I'm going to believe it. It's in the Bible. Yeah. And I guess that was the beginning of when I started to get faith. Wow. Yeah. Not so ridiculous when you take God at his word and believe what he says and then see him turn your life around as a result of that. Kim has been dry and drug-free since that time in 2001. He's married and works as a carer for quadriplegics. If you need help with an addictive behaviour, call the Salvos helpline on 13 Salvos. In the Bible in Ezekiel chapter 36, God said to his people, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Light and life. The Salvos Weekly Radio Show.